We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday. You're listening to Live Free Creative, an intentional podcast with practical tips for living your life on purpose. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I believe in creativity, adventure, curiosity, and the magic of small moments. I hope that every time you listen, you feel empowered and free to live the life that you want. there. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Live Free Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and this is episode 175, How Understanding Your Cycle Helps You Understand Yourself. The bulk of this episode is actually an encore of one of the most asked for, mentioned, favorite episodes that I've aired, episode 86 with April Davis, originally titled Flowing With Your Seasons. This episode touches on the ins and outs of understanding how the seasons of a menstrual cycle echo the seasons of the year and how you can use that information to understand yourself better, to plan better, to give yourself more grace and compassion as a menstruating human (laughs) that you... can kind of understand the ins and outs of that. Now, if you are not a menstruating human, whether you're male or whether you no longer menstruate or you have an IUD and so you're not menstruating currently or you're pregnant or you're breastfeeding or one of the many reasons that you may not be a menstruating human currently, understanding this information can help you still have compassion and understanding and better connection to the menstruating humans in your world, in your circle of influence, your friends, your family members, your sisters, your daughters. This, I feel like, is such empowering information that I wish I would have understood sooner in my life. And even just in the past couple years since I originally listened to this talk that April gave and then invited her onto the show and had this great conversation with her, so much of my perspective about how I think about planning my life around my energy levels, around my hormone levels, how I track, how I pay attention to my seasons, the seasons of my own cycle have been dramatically shifted. So I'm going to air the episode. It has a great segment at the beginning, a pause for a poem that I think is super relevant for right now as well. So I'm going to go ahead and just tune Tune in. We're going to jump to the episode. And then at the end, make sure you listen all the way to the end because at the end of this episode, I'm going to jump back on as present day self and tell you a couple tips for how I have used this information in practical ways over the last couple years and specifically how I'm tracking right now and how I'm using that tracking information to think about my life in a in a seasonal way that is really impactful and really helpful. Now, without further delay, let's jump into the episode.
I'm super thrilled to be interviewing a guest this week on the podcast. I called up my friend April Davis from the Vagina Vlog on Zoom, our new best friend Zoom, right? Everyone everyone who had never heard of Zoom is now intimately familiar with it. And I was able to ask her to share some ideas and thoughts that she had from a presentation that I heard her give last month at Alt Summit, where she talked about capitalizing on our cycle, our menstrual cycle, in order to live our best lives. I love the information and the empowerment that she shares through this topic, and I can't wait to share the interview with you later on in this episode. Before we get started on that, however, you know me, I love a segment, and today I wanted to share a quick segment that I like to call Pause for a Poem. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity, it asked a crumb of me. Hope is the Thing with Feathers, Emily Dickinson. I thought it was a good idea to start off this week's episode with a little poem about hope. If you need an extra dose, you can rewind and re-listen to that a couple times. Just the peace that can come from allowing that hope that's out there floating around in the world to come perch on us and to live in our hearts, even during uncertain times. Now, I am excited to dive into this interview with April Davis from The Vagina Blog. I met April a couple years ago at a conference and was just blown away by her candidness, by her warmth and her thoughtfulness and the way that she approaches some sometimes unfortunately taboo topics like menstruation, women's sexual health, intimacy, and uh, basically just all things women, all things vagina. She approaches them with humor, with education, with authority, and uh, in a way that's just so approachable. Today, I'm going to be asking her specifically about this presentation that she shared last month at Alt Summit. We were surprised and delighted to be able to share the same stage. She spoke first and I spoke, and then there was a third incredible speaker that I hopefully will interview at some point for the podcast. Uh, And all of our topics just really meshed well together. April in particular, I felt like the things that she shared about the seasons of a menstrual cycle following this cycle throughout the month felt like information that I knew somehow and I was just remembering it and it has created this certain level of awareness that has already just in the last month since I heard her talk invited a new sense of empowerment into my life. I hope that as you listen to our conversation that you have that same feeling of awareness and empowerment that I felt when I heard April talk about this topic last month. I do want to warn you that the audio is not the best in the whole world because this was a Zoom call, and so just be forgiving of the audio if you turn it up if you need to a little bit and tune in and just um, listen. I think that you will discover some new things that you might not have known before that might help you feel an added measure of peace and intention in your life. 
Okie dokie. April, I'm so happy to have you here. How are you? I am doing so good. Great, great. It's good to see your face. I know my listeners can't see your face. I'll put a picture of you in the show notes so that they can see your sweet face. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you jump in and share a little bit about yourself, about the vagina blog, and sort of how you've gotten to this place where you are. I have always kind of been drawn naturally to being completely fascinated with female body health and like bodies and all of this. I've always loved everything that goes on with, with sexual health and, and all of it. And so I, um, kind of started into this. I I did emergency medicine in college. Uh, I was an EMT and then I went on in my life. I had my kids and studied so much about childbirth and breastfeeding. Um, I became a doula after the birth of my second child and I also became a birth assistant to a nurse midwife. So it was almost like I was a doula, but also serving in a medical capacity with her. And I worked with her doing um, home birth specifically, and also she owned a birth center. Um, I loved working with her because she was a nurse midwife. And so uh, I was really getting both sides of a, a lot of the art of midwifery along with some of the the medical knowledge and care. Something else that was amazing working with Cindy is that she was our nurse practitioner at the time for our Planned Parenthood. And so not only was she doing birth, but she was doing a lot of gynecological care. And so I was able to just kind of like constantly ask her all these questions about what she was doing and why she was doing that and what was working and what studies they were doing at the time. And so we were constantly talking about absolutely everything that kind of goes along with this. So after I had my third baby, um, I kind of had to retire from birth work. Um, I also was working in photo and video at the time, and I was working for a couple other blogs as kind of a consultant for women's health. And so I already had a little bit of experience in this type of realm. And, you know, coming out of birth work, I was, I was just really sad. I missed it a ton. I had all this knowledge and I was like, what am I going to do? with all this information that I have. And so that's kind of how the vagina blog was born. You know, I thought, why not start a a platform and an Instagram and a blog to share all this information and, you know, help save all of the vaginas. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I didn't realize what a background you have in this, like from the medical to the doula and the, you know, and then it makes sense with your audio video, with your video and kind of blog what a like perfect marriage of the different yeah. things that you had done that you love putting Crazy. together. Yeah. It's cra- like, I look at my background. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Cause like my college was emergency medicine and digital motion picture production, which does not make any sense. <laughs> so interesting. I yeah. love that. But it's such a good example of just following your curiosity and your passion and seeing how those can lead you directly into what feels like the perfect combination, super unexpected, but perfect combination of things that, that matter. Amen. And I love this idea of saving all the vaginas. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) On my show, I have shared a a few different episodes series specific to mothers and motherhood. And they've been so popular because I think that it's such an under uh, talked about Mm-hmm. idea. Um, one of my episodes called uh, Wholeness in Motherhood talked about like remaining a whole person even after you have your babies. And then I did a whole series last spring about mothering the mothers. And that really was born out of 
this um, experience that I had with my diastasis recti, diastasis mm-hmm. recti, yes. that like five years after my daughter, my final baby was born, I went in because of back pain and found out that I had this super severe, mm-hmm. you know, injury that had never been treated and never been talked about and never been healed. And I went on to do like six months of physical therapy with a women's health specialist and still now do twice weekly chiropractic visits because we're still trying to correct this problem that happened six years ago that is just so overlooked because as women, we are the strong ones. We don't complain about things that are going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, All the injury and and all of the difficulty that accompanies menstruation and birth becomes so, um, everyone talks about it as if it's just totally normal that, mm-hmm. that you are in pain. It's totally normal that you're super tired. It's totally normal that you're, you know, torn apart and bleeding all the time. Yep. And I love the, uh, the super candid and, and fun and approachable way that you approach all of these really important topics, because at the end of the day, they are like vital for women's health and well-being. Yep. but they can also be uh, a little bit overwhelming or embarrassing for people. And so I love that you bring this element of like fun and it's, it, it's cool. Let's talk about it. It's going to be great, you know, um, so that it can feel a little bit more approachable for people. Thank you so much. Cause that really is my goal. I think I feel very protective of, of women. And I, I just, I don't know. I I've seen so many things now um, happen and have had things happen to myself personally. I hear stories about things like diastasis recti all the time. I hear stories just like yours all the time about, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. No one told me, no one told me. I just didn't know. And so I was like, someone needs to tell everyone (laughs) all the things. (laughs) So I guess, I guess that's my job now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And specifically, I am so excited to talk to you today about the seasons of our menstrual our menstrual cycle, the seasons of the month. So we all are familiar with the idea of the seasons of the year. And luckily we're heading into spring, which is one of my favorite seasons, just like the rebirth and the renewal and all of that kind of fun energy, even though things are weird in the world right now. I think when I go out on a daily walk with my kids, I'm like, gosh, but the but the earth is rejoicing. Like the earth is loving springtime and all the blossoms and everything. It feels so good. And I think generally people have kind of a a vague understanding of the different types of, you know, you feel like hibernating in the winter and you feel like going out to the beach in the summer and, you know, sort of the different energies of the season of the different seasons of the year. But when I heard you present last month at Alt about the different seasons of the month as a woman that follow your menstrual cycle, I was like, I have got to have her on to share about this because women's, because this is something that we all go through every single month, the four seasons of our cycle. And it really, just like um, you were saying a second ago, like, I want to share all the things, like women need to know all the things. I feel like this is so important for women to hear and understand that there are reasons why you feel differently during different phases of the month. Uh, And I want to just share that last Monday, oh my gosh. So last Monday I woke up, of course, everything's different right now in the pandemic, right? Because we all feel like every day you have no idea like what emotions you're going to wake up with. But I woke up and around like eight or nine and I was so tired 
And I thought, I, like, should I get out of bed? Like my, my head's telling me I should get up. I should get going. I should have breakfast. I should take my kids on a walk. Like let's follow our schedule. And then I realized that I was going to start my period pretty soon, like in the next couple of days, just because I had been tracking it. And I have to say that I haven't tracked my period my whole life. Like there were years and years that I didn't even have any idea. Um, but because for the last, particularly the last six months, I've been really pretty clear about it because I've been doing this mood tracker as well. I was like, oh, I think that I'm about to start my period. And because I connected the dots of like, that's coming, I allowed myself to say, I'm super tired and my body needs to rest. So I went back to sleep. I stayed in bed until like 11 and I got up and I had some food with my kids. And then I sat on the back porch and read while they played. I didn't like make them do any school. I couldn't handle the schoolwork. I was like, no, no one's yeah. doing anything. We're just chilling. And I allowed myself to be okay with that. And I took a nap in the afternoon. We, you know, pulled together something for dinner. I think I sent my husband out to get takeout because I was like, I'm not cooking mm -hmm. today, you know? And the whole day was like so low energy, but I didn't feel bad about it. I felt yeah. good about it. I realized that this is what my body needs because of what you had taught me that this is what was happening. And I just thought, gosh, if people, if women could understand that there are reasons why our bodies feel the way that we feel during different times of the month. And, you know, because I connected the dots, I allowed myself just like this, um, this day to feel the way that I felt and to like have the extra rest and have the extra food and have the extra, you know, calm. And a couple of days later, I woke up feeling ready to take on the world again. And yep. just like th that understanding. So why don't you, I'm going to turn the time over to you to just break <laughs> down the idea and share about each of the seasons. And I'll, I'll pop in with questions here and there, but just like break it down for us. Well, the, the thing I want to emphasize, and I talked about this in my presentation as well, even before we dive into the seasons, we are being raised in a very masculine energied society. Uh, it's very patriarchal. And the thing that's frustrating, it's not that patriarchy or, or that a patriarchal society or that, that masculine energy, it's not that it's bad. That's just not who we are. We're feminine, right? We, right. we carry with us feminine energy. So feminine energy is cyclical and we're, we're on a cycle. We live on a cycle. Um, I love like the seasons, like you just talked about, if you go outside during the day and you look up at the sun, the sun is that same big yellow ball every single day. It's, you know, it goes across the sky. It's, it rises in the East. It sets in the West. It's very predictable. It can be on that same schedule every single day. And that's that. That sun represents masculine energy. Male bodies complete their hormone cycle in 24 hours. And they do that every single day. Male bodies are really very attuned to be on the exact same schedule every single day. They're made to work out the same every day. They're made to eat the same every day. They do a great job with things like fasting. Like that is all fully great for a male body. And so, you know, we're being raised and have been raised to believe that this is the superior way to do things or this is the way things should be done female bodies if you go out at night and you look at the moon where is she what is she doing what shape is she is she full is she crescent is she resting and she's not even there that is the feminine energy and i i love being able to use these these examples from nature that really help us understand we're just the feminine energy that that's who we are. It's okay for us to live our lives on a cycle. 
instead of on this 24-hour cycle, on a 28-day cycle, a 32-day cycle, a 24-day cycle. It's different. And I think initially, for me, I very I bristled at this initially when I started to learn about this because I immediately was like, no, I'm just as tough as a guy. I'm just as strong as a guy. Because that's the society we've been raised in, is we can keep up with men. We can do just as good as men. We can, And the reality is we are trying to win this game that was never, it's not meant for us. That's not our game. It just isn't, you know? We can do better. And so I love that you mentioned embracing where you're at in your cycle. Um, something that I really want to do is be able to remove the shame that comes with that and also paint, paint this as a, it's, it's, it's empowering. You are tapping into your superpowers instead of constantly fighting against them because fighting your cycle, fighting these feelings that you have, fighting this tiredness or this hyper energy or this, you know, the things that you go through as you cycle, um, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. It will wear you out. Just like trying to live as if you had a male body is also exhausting. I think we beat ourselves up because we don't have enough self-discipline or we don't have enough drive or we don't have enough. No, that's not, that's not feminine energy. It's not self-discipline. It's working with your cycle. So if we're going to dive into the seasons of the cycle, we start with winter. Winter is when we are menstruating. That is our hibernating time. That is when our intuition is so strong. For me, menstruating is a time for me to rest, take good care of myself, eat warm, nourishing foods. Um, it's a time to start to think through what, what my next steps are, because I know for me, spring looks like frantic energy. It's like you said, you wake up one morning, you're like, I'm ready to go. Let's do all the things. Let's reorganize and clean the house. Let's, that's spring for me and summer. So I know that that season's coming. So winter is my time to start to kind of think through how do I want spring to look? Because I know that my energy is going to return. I am so happy to sit back and relax and rest knowing my energy will return. It's the same with my appetite. And I talk about this a lot as well. I am starving for two weeks out of the month and I'm not hungry the other two weeks out of the month. So on those two weeks that I'm starving, I eat, I, I eat and I feed my body and I feel great about it because I know that in two weeks, I'm not going to be hungry for two weeks and I'm not going to want to eat like this. And because I know that it just, there's so much peace that comes with embracing your cycle and realizing that you do have superpowers throughout. So winter is when you're menstruating. Spring is your follicular phase. Spring is when you now have that energy. Um, and for me, it does look frantic sometimes where I'm just like, I'm so, I'm ready to completely pull the whole house apart and just start over. In fact, let's burn it down. I'll rebuild it right now. Like <laughs> I have this beautiful springtime energy in my follicular phase. I'm going through that right now personally. And I'm right. I'm like, kids, we're going to be on a schedule this week and we're going to do it so good. And it's going to be so great. And you guys are going to get so homeschooled. We're all going to read yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, I woke up and I was like, I did all the dishes. I pulled all the sheets off the yes. beds. And we're doing all the laundry, like top to bottom, the entire, like all the sheets, all the towels, like, let's just bring it all yeah. in because mom's got all the energy right now. Let's just do it. Mm -hmm. The nice thing so, though, I love that you mentioned in winter that you just, gosh, there's such incredible peace that comes with the awareness that winter is not forever. Like yeah. you allow yourself to hibernate, yep. allow yourself that peace and that rest and that, you know, whatever you yes. need and believe 
that spring is coming and that all yep. that energy, because I know a lot of people who feel like, oh, I'm, I'm so unmotivated right now and they beat themselves up about it yeah. instead of recognizing that your motivation is going to return. You, you're not super motivated today, but that doesn't mean you're never going to be motivated again. Mm -hmm. And if you just allow yourself to believe that and are at peace with where you are, then when your motivation does return, you can embrace it and you're like ready oh, yeah. for it. Yeah. So the, yeah. Just the, the amount of awareness is incredible. Well, and I love when you're, like I said, when you're menstruating, your intuition is strong. So it's such a great time to start mapping out. Okay. I know I'm going to get my energy back next week. So what do I want to do with it? What's yeah. what intuitively is speaking to me right now? What's important to me right now? What's my heart saying to me right now? Because it's going to come back and it's going to come back next week. And it, it is, there's so much peace that comes with, I don't feel like it right now. So instead of beating myself up or forcing myself through things and pushing hard right now, I'm just going to take it easy. Yeah. And next week I'm going to hit it hard. And I'm gonna, I know how I'm going to hit it hard because I'm now taking this time to think about it, you know? Yeah. And so spring follicular phase, we typically want lighter foods. We typically want to eat fresh, yummy, crunchy salads, fruit, that type of stuff is what I love in spring. Summer, summer is when we're ovulating. Summer is when our sex drive is typically high. We usually have a great libido at that time. Our skin looks good. We feel amazing. Everything's glowing. We're more attractive to other people. We're more attractive to ourselves. This is when you would want to schedule uh, be on camera a lot. This is when you'd want to schedule doing presentations if you can. This is when you want to schedule. If you start to mold your life around this and take this into account as much as you can, which I realize it's not always possible, but if it is possible, why not do these types of things when you feel your best too? So spring and summer are when you want to be like, I'm going to schedule all my... <laughs> All my on camera, all of my, all of my <laughs> high energy, like production, yeah, mm -hmm. bringing forth projects, like yes, the launches, the new ideas. You know, if yes. you're just if you don't have a business or anything in your home, this is when you might want to tackle that redo the laundry room or wallpaper mm -hmm. in the bedroom or paint or whatever. Like when you have all of that energy and you're feeling so good. Yes, um, it, this is also a great time to work out hard. This is when you want to be lifting heavy. This is when you want to be doing hit workouts. This is when you work hard at, at working out. Um, like I said before, I think some people go into it like, no, I can work out like a man. I can do this every single day. I, I can just like any other male body. Like I, I don't need to do it differently. The whole reasoning behind my presentation was, you know, in 2010, the U.S. women's soccer coach said, what if we started working with their cycles? Like, what if we started tracking the soccer team cycles and then we started to work with their cycles and then they won the World Cup? Right. And so I just, there's proof in that. I think right. people initially are like, no, 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 no. Because we've really downplayed feminine energy. We've really downplayed. We've made this look like weakness or, you know, it just sounds like excuses to me. I'm here to tell you this is not excuses. This will bring peace to your life to work with your body instead of trudging through, you know? Yeah. So we go from our ovulation phase, our summer into fall. And fall is when you have this huge hormone crash. So about midway through your week of fall, um, your testosterone, your estrogen, and your progesterone all crash at the exact same time because that's what it takes for all your endometrial lining to shed during menstruation. That crash looks a lot like, why am I doing this with my life? Who even, even am I? 
Um, everyone in the world hates me. I don't even know if I like myself. I'm angry at you. I'm very sad right now. Like all of that existential crisis, kind of the typical yes. PMS, like what we call PMS. It is. This is this is PMS. This is your premenstrual <laughs> syndrome. This is fall. All of those. The the worst you've ever felt. That's how you yes. feel in fall. <laughs> yes. Um, and it is, it's because all those hormones are crashing so hard and so fast. It's a steep drop and it's a rough drop. Um, there are things like magnesium and zinc that can kind of help smooth this out just a little bit. Help flatten, us flatten the know, curve, if you will. Fl flatten the curve. <laughs> a term we all know now. <laughs> we all know very well these days. Flatten that hormonal and, curve. Yeah. And so there's, there's things you can do nutritionally kind of help with this. This is a really good time to focus on sleep. Make sure, I mean, you always should be trying to get enough sleep. This is a great time to focus on getting enough sleep. This is also a great time to up your self-care. This is, this is when you want to be taking good care of yourself. You want to be eating well. You want to be sleeping well. You want to be doing gentle. This is when you switch into doing more gentle workouts. This is a great time for yoga um, and strength training and not necessarily lifting hard and heavy uh, as you prepare to menstruate. This is a great time to make sure you start to take in iron um, in preparation for menstruating. And then also once you go back into winter, iron again, you want to up your iron and take a little bit. So, so that's kind of what those seasons look like. So awesome. It's so interesting to recognize like th these seem like really fundamental principles mm -hmm. that women should have been taught at some point, right? Like fifth grade. I remember, Why are right. we not teaching this at fifth grade maturation? I yeah, don't know. I, we, we all learn about what it is to have a period and we learn if you um, remember even, or if you have some medical training, like I am a nurse, I went to nursing school. And so I learned all about, you know, kind of the deeper hormonal fluctuations and what exactly is happening physiologically and that kind of stuff. But no one ever explained it in this really true cyclical fashion because it does happen over and over and over again. And I thought for the last you know, 20 years, I thought the only reason you would ever track your period really specifically was if you wanted to get pregnant or not yep. get pregnant. That was yep. the only reason to know whether or not you were ovulating or when that was happening or what was happening with the menstruation. But um, like I mentioned, I, I picked up a mood journal in like September last year. Mm -hmm. It's from people I've loved. It's really just a cool, simple, simple thing. Uh, I. I'll link it in the show notes for anyone who's interested. Um, but the, the basic idea of it, it has the phases of the moon, which I thought, I think I got it. Cause I was like, Ooh, I love the moon phases. I love that idea. I love the feminine energy of the moon. And you know, but I never thought of it the way that you describe it, that the sun is the masculine energy and he's always the same, that big round solid yeah. ball shining brightly. Yep. And the moon changes every day for the entire month. And that is oh, the yeah. feminine energy. And that's, you know, that's what is happening in our cycle. And I, as part of this mood journaling, I uh, started to circle my first day of my period. Now mm -hmm. I am not having any more babies. There's like no, you know, reproductive reason that I need to be tracking my period like this, but it was the first time I had done it in years. Cause I had an IUD yeah. in between each of my babies. I didn't even have periods for like 10 years. Yeah. And it has been so interesting after a couple months. I could look back and see, because I wasn't only tracking my period, I was tracking my period and my yep. mood, my yep. daily emotional phases. And there was this clear, the four days before my period started, that's mm -hmm. when I was sad. That's when I was overwhelmed. That when I, that's when I was a little more stressed out. And, and I would write in like a specific thing had happened to make me feel that. Like I would write in like, oh, I, I got thrown off by this particular circumstance. But 
if that same thing had happened at any other time during the month, it wouldn't have made me feel that way. And I yep. started to actually like see for myself what my personal seasons and cycles mm -hmm. are. And then having you explain it even deeper, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just the, the amount of empowerment that I feel because of the awareness. Because the yes. truth is nothing has changed about my cycle itself. Nothing oh, yeah. is even changing about the emotions. I still feel all of those negative emotions in the days leading mm -hmm. up to my period, but I'm aware of them. And that awareness creates this peace. It's weird too, because it really does. Because I have people all the time, like, I'm not trying to get pregnant. Do I need to track this stuff? And I'm like, I, yes, you don't have to. Of course you don't have to. But something else that I talked about in, in my presentation, and I talk about, you know, personally, I, uh, last fall, was really suffering from anxiety. I was super depressed, and I was just having the hardest time pulling out of it. I finally kind of hit a breaking point. I was working too much. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't, I have PCOS. So I wasn't taking good care of my body, which meant my PCOS was just flaring and being awful. So I went in to see my therapist because I was like, I'm not well. And he, luckily I've been with him for 15 years. He listened to me and he said, you have something hormonally going on, which really surprised me. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, this is it. This is, this sounds like something's off. Mm -hmm. And I went back and kind of looked at stuff and I was having 35 and 36 day long cycles, which is way too long. And I wasn't ovulating. Oh. And so what happens when you don't ovulate, you have this estrogen floating around in your bloodstream with nothing to do, but just wreak havoc, like just totally mess you up mentally. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as I was going through serious estrogen dominance, I hadn't ovulated in two months. So like totally was messed up hormonally and it was a good wake up call for me to be like, I was tracking my cycles. I had not even really thought through like these anovulatory cycles are completely destroying me mentally. Like, because I just kept like, it would be so nice if I died. If I just died, I could get a break. And then I, and it wasn't that I wanted to go commit suicide. I just was like, I could get in a car accident. Like, that's not a good place to be mentally. I was yeah. really, really a mess. And so, um, I started doing all the things I was, I started protecting my sleep. I started taking some of these supplements I need to be taking, especially with PCOS. And I started to, and then I was able to ovulate again. As soon as I started ovulating again, I immediately saw mental improvement. And then I obviously continued to work with my therapist because had some other stuff going on, but huge. We yeah. don't talk enough about how closely our menstrual cycle relates to our mental health and, and mm -hmm. making sure that we're cycling. Cause about 10% of people have PCOS and a lot of them don't even realize that. And you may not be ovulating for other reasons. And so there's so many great benefits to tracking your cycle because I, I mean, I, the whole reason I got diagnosed with PCOS is because I've been tracking my cycle. It was like, right. something's off. I'm not ovulating. I'm having these symptoms and this is going on and I'm seeing this happen. And oddly enough, it was all happening on a cycle. You know? yeah, oddly enough. Yeah, that's so interesting. It really is a good reminder just to like, as a bare bones takeaway from this episode, like mm -hmm. start making a little note in your, I mean, there's a oh, million yeah. apps for this, but you could get an app. I just circle yeah. the date in my, I use a paper planner. And so I just circle the date, the first date of my period yep. in my paper planner. I love the idea of a little bit of mood tracking. And so that's been really nice yeah. for me to like write down how I'm feeling in addition to what's going on. Um, 
just because, yeah, that's where you start to become aware, not only of how to um, have some more compassion with yourself and some more self-care and really give yourself the things you need and understand why you need them at the different times Mm -hmm. of the month. But also, like you said, because there may be bigger things at play when I, uh, several years ago, it's funny, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. um, I had a rogue IUD. Have you heard of that? When they- Oh yeah, when they- migrate through the wall of your uterus and just like disappear into your, into your abdomen. So I had, I had an IUD in between each of my kids and Mm -hmm. Plum was, I was done having babies. So I had an IUD and I didn't ever have a period when I had my IUDs before. Totally. He was about a year old and I started having a light period, but I was like, Oh, my body's probably so used to this. It's just like, this is just normal because I'm used to it. So I, happened to go in for like a regular exam and mentioned like, um, I've been having a couple of days of a period, but it's like no big deal. It's not, you know, like it's not bothering me. I think my body's like adapted to the IUD. And she said, well, I don't know. Let's see. Let's like, go that look changed. at it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't see your string. So we went and did an ultrasound. They couldn't see it. I went and did an x-ray. Sure enough, it was by my left hip embedded oh. into my intestines. And I had to have it surgically removed. Yep. And I, could, I can't ever have an IUD again. Yep. If I, the only reason that we even looked for it was because I noticed a change, but I wasn't even concerned about it because I hadn't been tracking or paying attention. And so I just am so, I mean, it was like everything aligned for me to happen to be in the, in the office right then happened to mention that because I wasn't really concerned about it. But I mean, getting pregnant is one of the, the, the worst, the least bad things that could have happened. They were able to find it soon enough that when they extracted it, they were able to like my intestines stayed intact, but longer term, it could have been become so embedded in my intestines that they would have needed to cut portions of my own organs out, you know, like it's the weirdest thing because of paying attention. So I think that more than anything, I hope that people just are able to start creating some awareness around Mm -hmm. their own menstrual cycle as a really beautiful, normal way to support yourself through all of the different things that you may feel during the month and all of the different things you may need during the month. And like you mentioned, that it is a a cycle of the entire month, not like the masculine energy of, you know, every single day. I mean, there are some things that we need every day, but our days do not have to look the same throughout the month. And and I would argue that the more that we cater to to our cycle as much as we can, the more peace that we'll feel. And so you're absolutely right. Obviously, we're going to eat food every single day, and we're going to sleep, and we're going to. There, uh, totally. There are things that should be, but it's it's back to that. Like, I think we should live our lives a little bit fifty fifty in terms of masculine and feminine energy. You know, because there's power in both of those, and there's good things in embracing both of those. Um, but we're not doing a good job embracing the the feminine energy. At the feminine, all. right? Yeah. So, um, one thing I do want to mention, um, and I brought this up briefly in my presentation as well. If you are on hormonal birth control, you are not cycling. So uh, copper IUDs allow you to cycle and the marina IUD actually allows you to cycle. You typically still ovulate, which is really cool. But the whole way that all of the other birth controls work- I can't hear you right now. Your audio is like, I don't know if you're covering the mic. Is that better? That's better, yeah. Okay, good. Um, Do you want me to start over? Start that section over. Okay. So one thing that I cover really quickly during my presentation that I talk about a ton on the vagina blog is birth control. If you are on hormone birth control, you are not 
cycling. You are shutting all those systems down. The only two things that align to cycle is uh, copper IUDs because they don't work with hormones. And then the marina IUD actually does allow you typically to still ovulate. Not always, but most people still ovulate. They just don't always have a period um, because it causes you to not be able to create the endometrial lining. And anyway, all other hormonal birth control, that's how they work is it shuts down ovulation. And we never talk about how how good for you it is to ovulate. Ovulating protects you from a lot of different um, diseases and cancers. And it's also, they're, they're just starting to tap into how important so much of this hormone creation is for you yourself to do. Um, the steroids that are in hormonal birth control, shut all that down, replace it. They're, the term regulating your hormones is completely inaccurate. Um, and any, any medical professional I sat down with and said, explain to me how it regulates. Use the word regulate when you explain this to me. And they typically can't. They will say, we're going to regulate your hormones and put you on birth control. Okay, so what does regulating mean? Explain that to me in terms of it meaning regulating, and they can't. What it really is doing is it's shutting everything down, and your body's not ovulating. Your body's not cycling. You are now on steroids that are suppressing everything. And that bleed that you have on birth control is completely unnecessary. It's just a withdrawal from the steroid. So I tell people, if you are in a position where you need to be on birth control, don't bother with the period. Get on one of the methods where you don't have to <laughs> because yeah. there's no reason for it. And then secondly, if you can get off of birth control, if you're on it for reasons beyond preventing pregnancy, there are better options almost always there are better options to help manage whatever ailment. The exception being endometriosis. That's the one that I like. That is, and obviously this is so personal and stuff, but it is so fantastic to allow your body to cycle. And if there's any way that you can, I always recommend it. Yeah. I love that. And you, the vagina blog itself, is it the vaginablog.com? Yes. The vaginablog.com, so many resources there for different tools and different helps and like different ways to menstruate. You talk about cups and about um, yes. all the different tools and the um, period underwear and just like so many different things that I have loved learning about over the last couple of years and just really like opening my eyes to options that were created by women for women instead of options yes. that were created like in the 19. 50s by men for women yep. <laughs> to just close yeah. it all up, not talk about it. Um, so I love that. Um, and so if you're listening and you're like, okay, wait, what, what do I do? I've never heard of any of this or like, how do I get started? Dive into the vagina blog. Uh, Come on over. <laughs> and April will teach you all the things that you need to know. Um, I love that. Thank you so much. Okay. Any last words? I love this so much. Okay. We do, we do have a, um, April has a great handout. So I'm going to, why don't you just briefly go over uh, like as a quick, like one sentence for each of the seasons to kind of mm -hmm. remind us. And then this is what is on the handout. It actually talks through the different seasons of the cycle during your monthly phases and kind of the different things that you can expect and also how to take care of yourself. And that's mm -hmm. available as a download. If you head to the show notes at Live Free Creative dot co slash podcast. You can um, download that and print it and have it on hand. Um, so that will be helpful for you to be able to kind of just take something home. Cause I know this is a lot of probably new information. So yes, we'll go ahead it, and give us just like a quick synopsis. Absolutely. So we have, like I said, we start with winter. That's when we're menstruating. Um, that's a time to hibernate. That's a time to eat warm, nutrient dense foods. It's not a time to work out hard. This is like a, a period of rest. We move into spring, 
that's it's uh, high energy typically. This is a great time to work out hard. We want nice, fresh, crispy foods. And I didn't talk enough. I didn't talk about seed cycling, but there's seed cycling that you can do. There's there's a lot of different things that you can do to help kind of support this. And I do mention on the handout at the bottom the different kind of foods. And there's reasons why those foods are great too. After spring, we move into summer, summer, and that is our ovulation phase. That's when we're ovulating. Our libido is typically higher. We are we look our best. We feel our best. We love being around people. It's a fantastic time. Um, and then we move from that into fall and falls when we're preparing for winter. Once again, really warm, nutrient dense foods, uh, preparing to, to hibernate and to go into this kind of intuitive state. Perfect. Thank you so much. I hope that this information has been really helpful for everyone. And if you have more questions, feel free to reach out either to myself or to April. If you reach out to me, I'll probably just refer you to April. <laughs> Yes. Come on over. <laughs> I'm happy to share information as well. Um, and just my own experience with this. I love the idea of, about just being aware of our seasons because the more self-aware we are, the more peaceful we can feel and the better decisions that we make for ourselves and, and our, our own bodies. And that is just really empowering and really helpful and hopeful. So um, I hope this has been helpful and uh, thank you so much again for being here. Okay. Where can everyone yes. find you? Um, so Yes, vaginablog.com. I, I pretty much live on Instagram. So, and I have a podcast as well, uh, which is the Vagina Blog Podcast. That can be found anywhere, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere podcasts can be found. So uh, on Instagram, it's at the Vagina Blog. TikTok, I'm the V-Blog. Oh yeah, I haven't done TikTok yet. <laughs> Still don't know what to do with that platform, but I'm there. Uh, good for you. <laughs> Come find me. I love it. Okay. Thank you so much. So great to have you. Talk to you later. Isn't April great? Wasn't that so fun to just get to listen to this new way to think about the month, to think about each of our own personal cycles and how becoming aware of the different season of our cycle that we may be in as the weeks of each month go by, how we can make even better decisions regarding our own personal self-care, the types of planning and scheduling that we do, and the way that we allow ourselves to feel. Present day Miranda here, coming to share a few additional insights as I now have had a couple years to process through and use this information in a meaningful way in my life. The first thing I want to mention is that I went from not really tracking my menstrual cycle really at all to not only tracking my cycle, but also tracking my mood in my mood and cycle tracker, which is a page in my golden quail planner. You don't have to have a golden quail, although I know a lot of you do because I love it so much and I share about it and I'm thrilled that so many of you have also discovered and share in the joy of the paper planner. The mood tracking page is just a really simple page where I have a key and I write down a simple symbol for my mood and then I write down the day that I begin my menstrual cycle and the days that I continue on it. I've noticed over the last couple years that I have a very regular cycle. I didn't really know that I did before. I would always just sort of think, oh, I must be getting close to my period because I'm getting kind of cranky (laughs) or be surprised sometimes when I would start my period. And it's such an interesting thing that tracking something as fundamental as tracking my menstrual cycle has really helped me to be aware 
of what I can expect from my body and what I can expect for my body. One of the ways that this has been really impactful is in my emotional state that I am really clear on when I am going to start needing to separate myself a little bit from my thoughts because in the couple days leading up to the beginning of my cycle, I do not trust the things that I think. And knowing that I'm not in uh, my best mental place, that my hormones are fluctuating and that that's causing increased amounts of sort of existential crises and increased amounts of worry, uh, some of the vulnerability and questioning that can arise, uh, definitely irritability. And I don't think that, you know, everyone has every single different symptom, but in recognizing my mood along with my cycle, I can see for myself some very clear patterns. So I've made some concessions for myself. I decided (laughs) just simply to not believe most of what I tell myself in the couple days preceding my period. The amount of compassion that that has allowed for myself as I go through the turbulence of those emotional times, just a couple days, but knowing that in five days, everything that I'm thinking about any given situation will completely be different and that it will be healthier, it will be more positive, it will be more optimistic, it will be from a place of problem solving rather than just a place of worry is really helpful. I can tell myself the thoughts that you're having are not true, they're not your best self, and it's okay to just allow them to come and just, you know, you don't have to entertain them, you don't have to think too hard about them, you can just have that thought and let it go. Uh, a lot of the questioning also of like, what am I doing? Or am, does anything that I do really matter? <laughs> you know, what is the purpose? Because of my personality of wanting to be a little bit introspective and, you know, I am interested in self-development and in analysis and application of, of best practices in my life, sometimes that can go a little too far during some of these emotional lows. So it's really nice to just follow up whatever random thought I've had I'm having with you know these are this isn't myself and it's okay like I'm going to feel different in a few days I don't want to make any big decisions around my period I I laugh grow thinking about when I was growing up that I tended to make very irrational and kind of abrupt decisions and whenever I would come home with like having cut my hair or dyed my hair or bought a new random thing that my mom would say oh you must be hormonal and I was always a little bit offended by that but as an adult tracking this and recognizing that there there is like a very clear personal pattern to the way that my menstruation works I can create space for those things to exist for those emotions to happen Uh, I can check my decision making process around that time and just say, you know, I I really should, I don't want to make any big decisions when I'm not in my best, you know, most highest mental state. I also can throw up some warning flares for my family. I can let my kids know I'm feeling a little bit irritable or I'm not feeling my best right now. I need some space. I need some time. I'm going to snuggle on the couch. You know, I'm going to be a little bit more um, introverted. I'm going to be a little bit more in hibernation mode for a couple of days. And there is something 
really nice about just having that be out in the open, being able to, I, it's like very regular practice now that I, because I'm aware of my cycle, will tell Dave, I'm about to start my period and this is what's happening. Or next week I'm going to be on my period. So I'm trying to get a lot done because I know that I'm not going to be able to have the energy uh, as I'm processing through that. It definitely has also factored into the way that I think about my own exercise and eating routine that I allow myself a lot more compassion around the different phases of the month and when I want to really exercise hard and you know go for it and motivate myself and get myself there and then when I also feel like I'm going to take a couple days off I'm just going to go on my walks rather than going to the CrossFit gym and that's okay as well allowing myself to lean in to each season as it comes. The other practical tip, other than just general tracking of my period as it happens, I keep it all on one page. I also plan ahead so I can count out when I expect my period to come in any given month. And it's because it's fairly regular, I may only be off by a couple days. That allows me to plan ahead. And so in my planner, on my calendar page, I now write the season next to the week. So for example, this week right now is my winter. And I know that the first week of March is going to be my spring. And that means the second week is going to be my summer. The third will be my fall before I go back into winter. I can look ahead by by writing these things on the edge of my calendar along the weekly, where the week begins. I can look at what I have going on and I can plan based on that. So because spring and summer are going to be my higher energy, more creative, more productive, more imaginative times, if I have any particular projects to work on, like I have house projects happening right now, I'm going to schedule some of those in for the first two weeks of the month when I'm going to be at my highest, best functioning self. I'm going to... do any creative projects or if I can plan on batch processing some podcast episodes or, you know, digging into planning for an upcoming retreat, that I can plan those things when I know my energy levels and my hormone levels will be balanced for creativity and innovation and growth. And then I can schedule in a few days off around my winter where I can just say, I know for a couple of days before and a couple of days after this, I'm going to be feeling a little bit low. So I'm going to make sure I don't have any big projects or deadlines then. I'm going to make sure that I plan ahead so that I get things finalized a week or two, you know, a, a week ahead um, of that particular week so that I can relax a little bit more, so that I can take the downtime that I need if I need to stay in bed one day that I'm feeling nauseous or that I need some extra rest or whatever, I can plan around those things, not only planning as they're happening and giving myself grace and compassion in the moment, but actually using my cycle to capitalize on my highest strengths, hormonal strengths, hormonal seasons, and to give myself compassion and plan and rest for those lower seasons. Hopefully, those are just a couple simple things. I mean, tracking is something we talked about in the episode, but the practical way of actually tracking my mood and my period has been so fundamentally uh, mindset changing for me. I just really advocate for you doing that, whether it's on paper or in an app. There are so many different options for how to do this. The next practical tip is to pay attention and actually write down on a calendar or make note of it in your online schedule however you do that what 
to expect from yourself based on your cycle. When are you going to be high energy next month and what can you plan to capitalize on that energy use and then allowing yourself some space and breathing room around your cycle to process it, to be in hibernation, to be in a low energy rest mode. When we work with our natural rhythms, we are much more likely to feel well, to feel healthy, to feel happy, to be engaged and feel connected. I hope that both this episode in its entirety and these last add-on couple practical tips that I shared will be helpful for you. If you listened to this episode originally a couple years ago, I hope that it was a fun refresher for you. There's always going to be a little nugget that we can learn. And like I said, this is something that I've been using practically in my life for the last couple years, and I still feel like it's beneficial to go back and remember more. The PDF download that I mentioned in the episode is available in the show notes for this episode as well. So go to livefreecreative.co slash podcast episode 175 will have where you can enter in your email and I'll send you the free download handout that has all of these things mentioned in the episode written in a really beautiful, simple to understand way that you can print off and hang up in your bathroom have somewhere where you can look at it and as you're getting familiar with paying attention to your cycles if this is not something that has that you've done before that comes easily to you paying attention to that and getting comfortable with what that kind of looks like and feels like will be really empowering i hope that you have a fantastic week i can't wait to chat with you again next time see you later